All right, welcome back to the League of NBA Pod. It's your Tuesday episode, the Contender Special. You know, getting to the big teams, big markets. Today, I'm joined by Dre. The host What's with up? the most, man. You know what it is, your favorite host, Lakers and Greek. Even though we just lost three, but we're going to bounce back. <laughs> and it's me, Shaka, you know, Bucks, looking like juggernauts out here. Unfortunately, we have no Christian today. <laughs> but he was here yesterday, so that was enough. No more Laker guys. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it, man. The biggest thing is I just got the update on my phone about an hour ago. Dante Exum has been traded to the Cavaliers for Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Utah sent two second round picks along with Exum. It was the, let's see, 2022 San Antonio second round and the 2023 Golden State second round. So basically nothing. <laughs> I mean, that San Antonio one might turn into something. I don't know. But this is also the first trade that we've had since the Westbrook Chris Paul trade on July 11th. So it's been a pretty, pretty long drought. About the longest drought I can remember in my years following the league. Uh, Clarkson rides with $13.4 million guarantee on his expiring contract. And Exxon has two more years left, uh, totally $19.2 million. Any initial thoughts? One, I think it's good for both teams. Um, Utah's in a desperate need of, of a scoring punch. Uh, they look real anemic on offense. Conley has not been what they needed. Um, you know, the only person who's consistent in offense Donovan Mitchell. So, Jordan Clarkson, in theory, is a walking bucket. Um, you know, I don't know how it translates to crunch time. However, I think he will be able to provide a punch throughout the regular season. Keep them in the top tier um, as far as, you know, playoff contention. For the Cavs, I think it's just kind of like a dump, in a sense. Um, I mean, they get another project to try out. Clarkson was who he is. You know, he's not going to get any better. He's who he is as an NBA player. Exum is still kind of a project simply because of the injuries that he sustained. Um, so that'll be good. But he has been very verbal about wanting to play the point guard position. I don't see the opportunity for him to do uh-huh. so uh, with, you know, Garland um, and, uh, and Sexton. And Sexton. You know, uh, I think they pretty much got those, those two options sold up. And then, you know, obviously they're in a the rebuild. Um, so Exum is going to be playing a lot of wing, which may be great for him as a combo uh, wing or a combo guard. But I think it's going to allow him the opportunity to kind of get more minutes because he wasn't really getting those minutes or opportunities with the Jazz. Yeah, a couple of things to your point. Uh, David Locke, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like the Locked On podcast. So he's the father of that. But he's also the Utah Jazz uh, color commentator. So he's pretty close to the, to the Utah guys. And I know he mentioned that he talked to Exxon one time and he suggested like maybe focusing on being a wing. because He's like 6'6". Yeah. Six, six. Pretty athletic and a very good, like, the one thing he can do is he can defend, like, multiple positions. Um, so they're like, I mean, you should focus on being a wing and just focus on just scoring and just playing defense. And Exxon was very against that idea. So, yeah, I, he definitely wants to play point yeah. guard. Uh, and then Jordan, I mean, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers is a opportunity for him to just kind of, because even though, okay, they do have Sexton and Garland, but Garland's been pretty bad this year. I'm important talking about him. So there will be minutes, I think, to still at that point guard position, just get Garland off the ball a little bit because he's really struggled to create, you know, space or do anything in the pick and roll. He's, the only time he's really scored is kind of off kickouts and, like, you know, attacking closeouts. He's been kind of bad. So there might be times for uh, Exum to create. And then for the Jazz, yeah, Clarkson is what he is, as you said. He's 27 years old, but he's shooting the best uh, from three of his career, 37% on five and a half attempts, 14.6 points per game. Um... Yeah, he's just a spark plug off the bench. 
because the Jazz need help, like in the worst way. So yeah. solid trade, and it's one year. I mean, I mean, it's expiring, so it's not like a long term, you know, commitment kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, any, I mean, this kind of kicks off our trade trade season. I mean, we haven't really talked too much about trades, but we've been teasing it. Are there any things you see? Uh, any other obvious trades you see? Completely obvious. Uh, I think I think the waiver market is going to be the most uh, integral, you know, part of the NBA this season. That's really going to dictate the landscape of who teams are. And I think after the waiver wire kind of comes and goes, uh, you'll see a little bit of scrambling to kind of figure out. You know, I think a lot of teams mm-hmm. are are good at standing firm because I feel like everyone thinks they have a, a legitimate shot this year. It's the first real year with parity, so I think everyone's being very careful and conscientious of what they do to their team as far as chemistry and needs. Uh, because they feel like, you know, the team, I mean, the trade can either make or break a team. Now, there are certain obvious yeah. teams who, you know, contenders who need, um, you know, some help. So, like, for the Sixers, I think they should be looking at, you know, a Terrence Ross type, you know, Wayne Ellington type, you know, Lowris, you know, Howard Ward. Um, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll shop with them. Uh, they could take, uh, one of our three point shooters, uh, what's his name? Troy Daniels. He's super trash, one dimensional. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. No, that's a super bias. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> maybe you should, you know, people who can help space the floor. I mean, obviously, Reddick was a huge blow. Um, so, yeah. Huge so, blow. I think they should be searching, you know, for very cheap shooters, uh, preferably three and D. Or, or. Ball handlers, because low key, they have no one that can do anything like off the dribble. Besides, I mean, Tobias isn't really a creator, and like neither is Josh Richardson. So it's really just Ben Simmons. So what about like a Schroeder? Like I've been looking at yeah, that. Yeah, for a Schroeder while. needs to be in a Lakers uniform. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just too sameless, honestly. Someone who take, who could really attack a pick and roll, shoots the three at a respectable clip, plays good enough defense, um, and someone who's shifty and quick. Like you just think about the Lakers and their long line of point guards, bro. Like the Lakers never really had great point guards, like. I mean, you got Derek Fisher, who's not a great point guard. He's, he's very serviceable. <laughs> he's also a terrible human being. Um, <laughs> Man, that yeah, boy. Yeah, that oh, my God. Crazy, like, diminished every type of broker. But anyway, um, yeah, you, you got Derek Fisher, you got Van Exel. And, like, that's really it. I mean, you had D'Angelo, but that's before you even got good. So, um, the Lakers have been needing point guard attention for a long time. I don't want to hear anything. Oh, Smush? Okay. Right. We all know Smush is the GOAT. Um, but yeah, I don't want to hear anything about LeBron being the point guard because he's not. So, um, yeah, they need attention there. So, by the way, I didn't mean to swing it to the Lakers though. Schroeder would with the uh, Sixers would be disgusting. I wouldn't want any parts of that. Um, but that'd be a great you know trade for them if they can make you know salaries match. Um, I think the Clippers should be on the lookout for a big, any big, a serviceable big. Uh, I think Mason Plumlee would be disgusting on the Clippers. Uh, Alex Lynn, a good, I mean, a big body, you know, can block shots, get some rebounds. Mm. Um, pretty cheap. He shouldn't, you know, take much to get. Dwayne Dedman, that's another good person to kind of look out for. I think he fits in that system. For uh, sure. Almost seamlessly, honestly. Um, so if they can, you know, take a stab at that and kind of get a big for them, they can take the Clippers to the next level. Um, and obviously, you know, the Lakers need a wing. Uh, we need a wing and a, uh, you know, ball handler you know, ASAP. You know, if you can morph Jared Dudley, Troy Daniels, <laughs> and um, you know Quinn Cook, that's a one serviceable person who can do at least two things. 
the thing is, is that the Lakers have way too many one-dimensional players. I mean, they only do one thing. Yeah. And if they're not doing that one thing, they're a net negative on the whole team. And it, and it takes so many, you know, steps back. At least when you have, you know, two-way players, you know, if their shot isn't falling, at least they're playing elite defense that can offset that. We have so many bad defenders and Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Jerry Dudley should not be in the league, but Jerry Dudley, um, you know, and and they're not making their shots. You know, it makes it that much harder for the team to, you know, advance and go ahead. So I know that worked early on in LeBron's career, um, but that's when he can actually shoulder those burdens. You know, he's in his 17th year. If you're trying to do that, you're asking way too much of him. You know, you need someone who's a legitimate scoring threat, like a Gordon Dragic, Dennis Schroeder, Jeremy Grant, uh, those type of players, Robert Covington, uh, who can do that. But we don't have any tradable assets uh, when speaking to the Lakers. So it makes things very difficult. But there are obvious needs. But I think everyone's kind of standing firm right now, kind of gauging the market to see who mm-hmm. makes their first step and how to counteract that stuff. Definitely. I definitely agree. Um, I mean, even teams like like the Nuggets, who have a lot of excess players, it's like, one bad trade can just like send them down because like they're they're rostered right now. It's hard to tell like who you could like consolidate all those pieces for. And I know it's really hard to like trade young assets like Michael Porter Jr. or whatever if you're not getting something that's going to be valuable for multiple years. So somebody can get, you can get that can win now and be valuable in the future. It's almost impossible. So like teams like that, they don't want to give up the young assets. And like like you said, the Lakers don't have those contracts and those you know pieces to move. Seems like the Bucks, so I think should make a trade. It's just hard to see them do anything in the middle of this winning. Yeah, I think they like need, what type of player? I think they need. I think uh, it's hard to say. It's hard. I mean, Ersan Yusova has played well, but he also has games where he just is like disgusting, and he scares me in the playoffs. So I would love to see them, you know, either commit to playing Giannis at center and just playing like you know a lot smaller, and maybe going out and getting like a a true shooter off the bench. Cause you look at the roster on person is really a three point shooter for real, for real is Kyle Corver. And can you trust Kyle Corver in the playoffs? Absolutely. Like that's the reason the Bucks Absolutely. go cold in the playoffs. Cause all the guys that shoot threes, they're not really pure. Shooters. So what about you know? J.R. Smith on the books? Actually, I wouldn't be against J.R. Smith cause the Bucks are they have the luxury of having a lot of defenders. So they can afford to have a guy that plays no defense. It's just they're literally for offense. So I mean, his last year in Cleveland, yeah. I mean, he didn't play bad defense. I mean, it wasn't great defense, but it was serviceable. You know, it was respectable. Uh, yeah, true. true. I think J.R. Smith would actually be really nice on the um, on the Bucks. I mean, you know, you buy low and it yeah, could be a high reward. Pickup. You know, I mean, like you know, give him a bet minimum and kind of keep it going. And if he proves himself, you know, you send one of the young guys or you send him to the G League, you know, and then kind of go from there. Uh, if you look at the Bucks too, like, if they've kind of started to kind of trim down, like, who plays. So, guys like Pat Connington and Sterling Brown, even, like, uh, DJ Wilson, like, they're not playing right now, and they have value around the league. So, it's kind of like, I mean, you they, they can low-key make a trade. Like, they have all the pieces and the Pacers first-round pick. Who so would you trade like, for, though? Like, I don't. I don't think that the trade is the best market. I think they should either treat somebody on the waiver wire because the team is rolling. Like a team like that, like you don't want to mess with their chemistry. You don't want to do too much. Yeah. And have to, you know, once you start addressing need though, like, I mean, that's when you really want to address the need. But for them, I want to trade Chris Milton, bro. For, <laughs> like, uh, for CJ McCollum. No. Bro, let's You need that big body as a wing defender. Like, yes, Chris Milton is very ugly. We get that. But he does. 
a great job, you know, on the books, you know. So I don't, I, no, no, he he's the perfect number two because he doesn't require too many touches. Um, you know, he plays great defense at six eight. Um, you know, he can get high from three. He he needs, you know, he can stretch from three. Now, obviously, he's not clutch, so I can see what you're going for with that. Like, you know, CJ McCollum can go get a bucket. Like Middleton doesn't really go get buckets. He's gonna give you a weak post game. We're gonna give you a nasty contested three, and then look very ugly when it doesn't go in. But okay, okay, okay. He's perfect for the okay, You can see him that. No, that was my. That was that was it. Uh, true, true, true. All right. What about the Drew Holiday? I know, like he's supposedly not on the block, but he kind of is on the block. Eric Bledsoe, Pat Connaughton, DJ Wilson, and that Pacers first round pick. I would absolutely not do that if I was a Pelican. That would be a finesse in the worst way. But. <laughs> oh my God! That is, I would never want to see that. I would never. Want, I, would, I hope the NBA would veto that trade because that, that, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, really? that's unfair, bro. That's like, I mean, Drew. Okay, Drew is one that's of the most the underrated first. buckets like in the NBA, and then he also like shuts down his defender, and he's a legitimate bucket. Like he can go get that bucket. So he's like a, a Brogdon on steroids. That's that's exactly who he is. So. Exactly. Uh, and no, I don't. I don't want any parts of that because I see what Brogdon did against the Lakers. And I can only imagine a better version of that in uh, Drew Holiday <laughs> against the league. So I mean, I, I think that's a disgustingly perfect fit that I would never want to see happen. If you think about it, the reason the Pelicans would do it is because if they decide they're they're you know going to commit completely to the future, Eric Bledsoe makes literally half the money Drew Holiday makes. So it's like you're clearing up space, and you can just basically take all of the Bucks' young assets. True. So I mean, like, like you can I mean, if you if you're New Orleans, you can get a better package than that. You can certainly get a better package for that. Maybe you get a better package, but if you care at all about Drew Holiday's uh, happiness, which I feel like they do care because he's like the face of the franchise at the moment. At least that's according to them. You know, I mean, Zion's there, but they said that Drew is the face of the franchise at the end of the year. If they care about keeping him happy. Uh, I mean. There's not too many contenders that need a guard that have assets. Like, That's my only uh, point. I don't know. They don't have the assets, man. man. I mean, Ersan Yusselo makes $17 million. Eric Bessel makes $15 million. Ersan's an expiring contract. It's like, there's a lot of... Listen, listen, KCP, Avery Bradley, Kyle Kuzma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Kyle Kuzma is the piece, bro. You got him, Kyle. No, no, no. I'm cool with that. If I get Drew Holiday from moving Kyle Kuzma, Absolutely. That would be perfect for the Lakers. You, you already got that chemistry with Drew, AD, and Rondo low-key, but Rondo can get shipped out too for all I care. But anyway, um, but yeah, you're talking about Drew and AD and then you got someone who can alleviate that pressure and then LeBron and now, after that you just hope, you know, Iggy gets bought out and then you have a disgusting squad at that point. Like, disgusting. Like, that gives the edge over the Clips. Like, I still have the Clips over the Lakers in the seven-game series in about six because the Lakers just don't have enough. Like, LeBron's not super LeBron. Lakers lose, they lose pretty bad. So until they get to like that third legitimate third person, and then like really serviceable role players, like not these like bottom of the barrel fringe NBA players, but like actual role players who can like OG Anub and Nubi, whatever his name is, yeah, yeah, Anubi. Anubi. or you yeah. like you know the, no- the Norman Powers of the world, like those are legitimate role players. Like what we have are not role players. We have specialists who you know if they're not on that night, then they literally do nothing else for the team. So I want legitimate, legitimate NBA player, role player type of people who can do at least two or three things well in the NBA and not just one. So for sure. 
And on that note, we can continue to move on into our power rankings. I will say, just because I feel like if a, for my Milwaukee people out there, yes, I know Chris Middleton, blah, blah, blah. We all freak out about him. I know it's like the hipster NBA nerd thing to do is like, you guys trip up Chris Middleton. He's actually valuable, blah, 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 blah. But, bro, listen, 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 listen. Just to clear my case so you know, I don't feel like you know, I'm one of these hype kids or whatever, just, just consider the possibilities. And we all know if Giannis fails, like, if he plays great, we all know what we're going to be looking at. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Chris Wilson should not be untouchable. I'm not saying she could CJ. But, like, if something comes up, we should not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. He's, nobody's untouchable in this league except for five people. That's my point. So everybody I would make more trust like a Bradley Bill or something like that. I think they'll be able to. Uh, wouldn't we all, bro? Bradley Bill's not getting no, moved, though, man. But it's not like, getting moved. If that's the type of player you're looking for rather than CJ, I think Bradley Bill would be like the perfect for sure. fit for what you guys need and what have going on. So, wow, Bradley Bill. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can go to the power ranking. So, I'll just go ahead and throw my list up. And this, this week, because my list is similar, I decided to go ahead and think about my tiers. And at this point, I really believe that the Bucks are sitting at the top of the NBA by themselves. I mean, 70 win pace, proving themselves against the Lakers, no, the Clippers. About the regular season. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Giannis is shooting 34% Ooh. from three, five and a half oh. attempts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know you saw Ooh. it. I know Ooh. you saw it. Uh, Giannis was I also know you the, saw MVP the, of the NBA last year. You see how that ended. But he's gotten better. Ooh. Obviously. Ooh. Uh, all right, man. We see you big spender. Yeah, yeah. Did he uh, get better when he lost four straight games? That's oh, why he got cool. better. Right, please continue. Do we not remember when LeBron lost Bro, the Spurs? LeBron, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, I was actually happy when that happened. So cool. I don't care at all. I'm just saying, everyone has to take their lumps. Let's say I have a Shaquille O'Neal teammate with them. Like, okay, that's not fair. Every cool. normal superstar would be one by themselves. Okay. In his prime, my point exactly. So that 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 battle, that Jordan rules type of playoff scenario where you have to, you know, grow up, it was, it was perfect. No, I'm, hey, look, like, hey, it's forcing really to grow. Be honest, bro. You know what I'm saying? I am. I really, I legitimately am, yeah, bro. But I, I don't care. Will they win seventy no. games? No. You don't think so? No. I know they don't pace for it, but it's like at a certain point you have to stop caring about the regular season, and that sounds so bad, especially for fans. But you know you have to start, you know, scheming for, you know, that long postseason, trying to figure out the things that you need in order to kind of give you that edge when people get this game plan for you. Because everyone saw when he got exposed with Toronto. So that's going to be the defensive edge against him. And we've, we've seen a little bit of it in the regular season. Like, no coach wants to throw his, like, super wall yet because they want to use that in the playoffs. They've been kind of playing around with him and how they play Giannis. You know, and Giannis has, you know, stepped up to the challenge and start hitting his three-point shots. But, like, yeah, I think like people are gonna really scheme against this man in the playoffs, and he got exposed, man. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, steps to the challenge, but like they're gonna, they're gonna throw some stuff at this man. So it's gonna, it's gonna really. Eric Bledsoe is gonna be the key to whether the Bucks may advance or not. I mean, that's just point blank, period. Yeah, as it always is, as it always is. But if I have to watch another play or postseason, ah, I have to watch another playoff series where no one else hits shots, and my guy that we just paid thirty five million doesn't step up, I'm gonna be sick. So let's just pray that it doesn't happen. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> go to my second tier. It's the Lakers at number two, Clippers at number three. I contemplated moving the Clippers above the Lakers because of the Lakers three game losing streak. But I have serious questions, man. Do you think the Clippers are just 
in serious load management mode? Or do you think there's red oh, the flags Packers, with some of these games they dropped? No one cares. I don't know how many times I say it. No one cares about the regular season. Well, there has to be some red no, flags. I, I don't think the Clippers have any red flags. I don't think, I don't think the Clippers are doing wrong. It's just like essentially handing the franchise over to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has hijacked the franchise. And whatever he says or does is going to roll. You know what I'm saying? So he set the president of, if I'm not, you know, 200%, I'm not playing tonight. And he's not playing back to back. And he legitimately doesn't care. So like, there's nothing you can do to him. You can't find him. You can't do anything to him. Like, he, he legitimately doesn't care. So he's going to have to learn how to, you know, go a little How How do you go a little bit over 500 when Kawhi doesn't play? He's going to miss about 30 games this year. I mean, so 30 games. He's going to miss 25 or 30 games. <laughs> Man, he's on pace. What are you talking about? Like, he doesn't play back-to-back games. <laughs> that sounds so crazy. I mean, it's the truth, bro. Like, he just, he doesn't play back-to-back. He lower manages often. He doesn't care about the regular team. It's been proven. Yeah. He's killing his legacy. I mean, yeah, but, like, do you think Kawhi really cares that much about other people's perception? Like, of course, his legacy means a lot to him. Like, he's, he's he wants to be a winner. So, like, as long as he's holding that trophy and it says the finals MVP on it, and he doesn't care. He's like, listen, I, I won three finals MVPs with three different teams. Like, I don't care what y'all tell me. I'm the GOAT. <laughs> like, and that's probably how he thinks. So, it's like, and, like, it's going to be arguments to say, you know, that he is. But, you know, Achilles Hill is going to be, you know, that he low managed it, uh, low managed through the regular season and just turned it up in the playoffs where everyone else was tired, you know, and he was well rested and was like, to be there fighting the playoffs. Like, that'll be his Achilles heel. Um, just like LeBron is three and eight in the finals, you know? Like, uh, not, not three and eight in the finals. Uh, no, he is three and eight in the finals, isn't he? Is he there? It's yeah. something like that. He's lost yeah, it's like three six or three and eight in the finals or something like that. But that's not his Achilles heel. You know, everyone has them. So he, he has to fight his own stigma with that. But the Clippers, man, they're a complete team. Now, like I said, man, I feel like they're really one piece away from being some dogs, man. Like, just think about it. the Clippers at their best. Versus the Lakers at their best. Who wins? That's Clippers, that's like, something. Clippers at their best versus I Giannis think that, at their best. Uh, Clippers win, bro. Period. Yes. No, I don't know. I don't subscribe to that, bro. Listen, the Clippers are a very nice team on paper, but on the low, they very they've struggled a lot with like playmaking. They have no passers. They have no one to get them to their offense. So they depend a lot on contested pull-ups on Paul George. Who can Kawhi. hit them? And Kawhi's been – Kawhi's was sneakily like worse this year. Oh, I think like, I think he looks like I, 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 okay. This is my thing. I think he legitimately does not gives no ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you see his uncle? Yeah, man. You see that story about him yeah. wanting like the plane and like stop. he wanted to shit stop the and the same yeah, bro. You know, you know, I watched all of which is oh, illegal. Sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's hijacked the Clippers because the Clippers have low key gave him at least about sixty percent of what he's asked for. That was illegal. Like there's nobody come off like the last play, uh, last second. They auto, they miraculously get this, you know, deal done, you know, with OKC, you know what I'm saying, to send over Paul George. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, Sam Presti is just going to be like, okay, yeah, you can have one of my superstars in order to make a super team in the same <laughs> conference I play. Like, come on, bro. Like, some backhand stuff is going on the whole time. So, the Clippers are low-key doing some fast stuff. Steam Bomber is like, I'm going to win by any means necessary. He's stupid, Rich. So he's definitely sure. paying off whatever For he needs sure. to pay That's off. What I'm saying. Like, there's some backhanded stuff going on with that whole process. See, like, it, it legitimately didn't make sense because high-key, Kawhi was supposed to be a Laker. Like, literally every report indicated <laughs> he was going to be a Laker. Last second, Doc Rivers and Steve Farmer came in and said, listen, we're going to get you Paul Joy and we're going to get you all the stuff that you said. I mean, that we know it's illegal. We're going to make that happen. Just keep it on the hush-hush. And Kawhi was like, cool. Let's make it happen. Like, literally, <laughs> that's what I think happened, bro. I think he was going to sign with the Lakers until the 11th hour 
to where Doc Rivers and Steve Bonner just pulled out the rim, like at the whole bag, showed the question, like, look, we'll give you everything to sign with us. And he did. That's that's my honest theory or hypothesis. So So you have the Clippers at number Absolutely. two and you're it, okay. it, it has a change. I, mean, I see. It has a change, bro. I know it's the same. It's going to be the same all year because the regular season does. There you go. We know. I'm telling you, repetition <laughs> feels master. But I will say that in the playoff series, I do have the Lakers beating the Clippers just because LeBron James is a problem, bro. For sure. Like Peak LeBron, bro. But I'm telling you, bro, if you get there, LeBron start crying or they start putting them dogs on him, like, like if like if he's not getting those smile calls and he start doing them like nasty step back threes for no reason. Or you get frustrated because the shot is a falling, so he does more contested jumpers. That's how you beat this team. Because you have no one else who can create offense. Rondo's going to look disgusting. Yeah. AD can only be as good as him. Oh, he looks so yes, he bad. Does. Rondo so, looks so bad. I got an argument with Chris. Like, he's like, bro, when the playoffs come around, he's going to ch- switch, no. flip a switch. Playoff like, Rondo nah, was like I think he's done three weeks of the series. I mean, uh, the season. I'm like, bro, this is good, but it's not sustainable. Like, look, like he was shooting like 48% from three. Like making like <laughs> great reads and this, I'm like, man, this is too much too soon. Like Rondo's gonna come back to Rondo, and uh, we've seen the last couple of games, Rondo being Rondo, man. Like that's that's who Rondo is, and that's why he shouldn't be where he's at, man. He's better at like 14 to 16 minutes a game, honestly, man. We need we need a legitimate starting point guard, and Dennis Schroeder needs to be there. Like Dennis Schroeder, or you know, I don't even want Dennis Schroeder off the bench. I want him with the starting unit and have Rondo orchestrate the bench with a bunch of shooters and playmakers. That's the best utilization you can give a Rondo. Because if he has to be a scorer, we're going to have terrible games, which we've seen. Yeah. 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 His, yeah. his, his well, best I mean, stat line is like 8, 11, and 11. That's, that's a great stat line for Rondo. Anything above that. And his defense is so bro, bad. He's, <laughs> he's all, you know, the thing is, bro, his defense is so bad, but we have no one who can cover him up. Like, all the, all, 100% of our defense is the White Howard. And do, and AD like JaVale McGee is really horrible yeah. at the defense too. Like don't let the block school you. Awful defender, awful defender. His sw- his defense is just intimidating people. If you're not intimidated by JaVale McGee, his defense is a battle. shot blocker. That's it. Like he doesn't move well off pick and mm-hmm. rolls. He doesn't hedge well. He doesn't do anything. He's very lazy. He gets lost in the scheme often. <laughs> the only thing he does is block shots. Like Dwight Howard is the only good defender next to AD who can hold us down. Everyone else is really bad. Even Avery Bradley has been bad, like, since he came back from injury. And the KCP, it's just yeah. a nose dive. Like, he'll make a couple good plays and then about 10 other horrible plays. So, I don't think we have any good defenders on our team, and that's the problem. Well, Danny Green will give you, like, oh a half God, a game. Bro, I'm so sick of this inconsistent dude, bro. Man, don't even hit his threes. Yeah. And he fouls so much, bro. Like, he, he plays good defense, but I think he's so frustrated because his perimeter defense that he has with, like, Rondo, Quinn Cook. No, uh, Troy Daniels. Like he's like, bro, I can only do what I could do, but like, people are literally going past y'all every other second, like, and I have to foul to like offset that. Like, it's pretty bad, bro. pretty bad. None of these dudes will be on the Lakers next year. I don't know if they can get any trades done during the season, but, but bro, mark my words, everybody will be gone this. No, they need to be unless they uh, win a ring. I mean, they need to be looking <laughs> at the like Derek White or Brian Forbes, man. If they can still want them dudes from like San Antonio. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. They won't be able to because San Antonio hates the Lakers. But, man, that's, that's the type of dogs they need. For real, for real. But, all right. Yeah. Well, moving on. Uh, that's my second tier. And then my third tier. Guys who, I mean, if everything broke right and they made, like, a solid move, they could maybe make some noise. And that's the Rockets and Sixers. Uh, Rockets had a pretty impressive win over the Clippers. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook showed up. You know, he shows up once a month, so that's that's cool. Chill on, uh, and man. then. <laughs> uh, and then the Sixers, man. The Sixers, I mean, what they've been doing is inexcusable. Ben Simmons has been low key trash this year. Thank you. I mean, yeah, the defense. Oh, did I say that last time? Yeah, we're not paying you for defense. Right. I said that last time. Go ahead. I mean, it's I go back and forth because, like, he's still a good player, player. But it's just that we're like, he's not a top exactly. 30. Guy. That's he's what I'm saying. Like, we get okay, he's already got the max, bro, like, off his rookie contract. Cool. But like yeah. he hasn't progressed, bro. Like he hasn't progressed. Like his defense is good because he's seven foot and he's like swim like a gazelle. Has a great first step. He has great lateral movement. Like all things that we've known. But his offensive game is so unrefined, unpolished. Like he has a handle that's great, cool, and that's it. Like his post game isn't what it needs to be. He's he's only a nightmare in transition. Honestly, like you get him in a half court system, man. He looks awful. Like he looks awkward, man. He doesn't know what to do. Honestly. Especially with Embiid, is he a point guard? No, he's a he's a he's a, a point shot. forward. Like he should he's he needs to be yeah. with a legitimate point guard, and he needs to be one of those people who can grab and go. Like Lamar Odom, like Lamar Odom, when he got the um, rebound, everyone can start running on the outlet because they know he has the handle to make the right decision and where to push it. So it makes it easier for the offense, or if they want to like stop and you know get out of transition, they set up the half court, they can give it back to a traditional point guard, and everyone set up. The thing with Lamar Odom is that he can also hit the outside shot. At a respectable clip. Thing with Ben Simmons that the ball has yeah. to be in his hands, otherwise he's inefficient on offense. Because you can't put him in the corner because he's not going to be able to hit. You can't even put him in the mid range because he's not going to be able to do anything. All they can do is post or face up, and you already have the big fella down there in MB. So what are you doing? It's redundant. You have to either stagger them as minutes, or he needs to be in the gym shooting jumpers at all times. Not even like he doesn't even need a three point shot. He's got a respectable mid range, like, but like. He just doesn't have it. Like he didn't do anything like over the summer, so it's just like it just looks bad. It looks bad because if you can't shoot, you need to at least be like attacking the basket. Like there's possessions he doesn't even look at the rim, bro. Like it's like he's not being a threat at all. Like and when he does attack, he goes up soft ninety five percent of the time. Like all these little floaters yeah. and stuff. Like you're six foot eleven. It's usually like little guards guarding. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, he needs that <laughs> traditional point guard to get in that setup. So they should be doing pick and rolls. With the person who's traditionally guarding a warrior point, just to exploit those matchups. They're a huge team. Probably one of the biggest teams yeah. in the NBA, if not the biggest team in the NBA. Definitely the biggest. The biggest yeah. real team. Any team that actually is trying exactly. to win. So get you a traditional point guard. You can even have a big point guard. Hey, hell, Dr. X, you know? <laughs> Why not take this? But, like, get you a big point guard. Even Lonzo Ball. Why not? <laughs> have another non-shooter on the team. Uh, I'm just, I'm just joking. No. <laughs> but anyway, uh, get you another big point. Even a big point. He gives you a serviceable point. He can attack a pick and roll and hit the mid-range and three-point clip. But he gives you a point guard like that. Um, and then really attack those pick and rolls. So, like, once you get that, you know, small two switched on you, attack them. Go straight to the chest and try to dunk it every time. Like, the reason they can't do that is because Embiid is on the floor as well. And, and, or, and Horford, bro. Horford, like, his volume of shooting is just so low. You can low-key disrespect him. Almost like he would do like Marcus Like Marcus can hit a three. He doesn't want to shoot. He's trying to fit in too much. That's he, what Horford's doing. Man. He's trying to fit in. Because he's, he's the ultimate glue guy. But like they they need you like seriously, man. They need you bad, man. Oh, also, if Aaron Baines ever got on the Clippers, that is disgusting. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't even think about that. That is actually the perfect I know. Play. I just thought about that. I'm like, it just it's a light bulb. Because I was thinking about Hor- I mean, uh, Horford being with the uh, Celtics. I'm like, man, who's that big guy? Yeah, Aaron Baines. And Aaron Baines on the Clippers is just amazing. So they need to make that happen if they can. But 
They should trade Trez. Ooh. That's my hot take. Trez needs to go. Lou Williams is low-key slipping, bro. Wow. Like, I think Lou Williams might fall off. Absolutely not. You don't, you don't, mm. you don't, you don't trade Lou Williams. They don't need simply him. Simply because he can win you a game. You know what I'm saying? And that's all you need in the playoffs. If someone can win you one game in the playoffs, you need them. You know what I'm saying? He's that type of closer. What's more important though? Your guy off the bench scoring, if you already have another guy in Montreal, like, if you have one of them, that's all you need. If you can get that center to just solidify you and to guard AD, not guard AD, but just be like a presence in the paint, it they might get, be you working, get, man. You don't need I, mean, I feel what you're saying. But you can you can get, you know, bangs for like Shamit, Zubak. Shamit. Oh. I, I mean, you need Shamit, though. Um, but I think Aaron Baines will be the more important clip. But like Shamit, Zubak. Or maybe another filler. So you got to keep Zubac though, because Zubac is like he's going to be good. He's just like three years no, away. Facts, you know, but I'm saying Aaron Baines is there <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to yeah. win now too. Yeah. Who knows? No one cares about the three years. Yeah, so you trade Zubac, Shaman, and somebody else like Rodney McGrew or something like that, and and then one of those. No, no, give him one of them first rounders that you got. Uh, no, no, they sent out those first rounders. Never mind. Uh, but like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't have the first round. But like some Mo Harkless, you throw more. Uh, they need Harkless, man. I, I like a hit. He's so nice with him. No, I can't. I, 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 in good conscience, I couldn't do it. But like a Magruder or something, I mean, they wouldn't take it. But something along. I say Magruder. Yeah, <laughs> something, something crazy, but something like that in order to kind of get that chip back. But that, that core four, I wouldn't really mess with. And I also wouldn't touch Harkless either. I would say Patrick Patterson, but that's too much too. Like he's been perfect on that team too. So. Yeah, they, they just find yeah, something. Yeah. Get Mason Plumley, man. Or get Alex Lane. You, you can get Alex Lane for next to nothing. <laughs> you definitely yeah, can. Man. He'll be perfect. But he's kind of like, he might not help. But if he does help, it's like, wow, still a still Yeah, he's like a Zubak except like maybe a half percentage point better. He's a little older. He's not, Zubak's not soft, but Zubak is still young. Whereas Alex Lynn is like a full grown NBA yeah. adult at this sure, point. Nah, he, won't get, like, yeah, that's what he won't get pushed around or something. But he just, he doesn't bring you anything other than a big body, but really all you need is that big body. Yeah, last thing, any, you see any real signs from the Rockets that they can be no. dangerous to one no. of the LA teams? No. no. Like I said, the Rockets can win you one or two games, but their brand of basketball is not sustainable for continued success. They're really a flash man. So, like, they get you on the right night, they'll route you, and they'll beat you by, like, 20 or 30. And then they, you know, they're off. And by day, I mean, James Harden, if he's <laughs> off, then you can easily lose by 15 to 20. So, um, he's the engine that runs and like I said he's going to get tired he's going to be exploited they're going to throw their best defenders at him at all times they're going to aggravate him going to frustrate him uh, they're going to tire him out they're going to get into his head and then you can pick a point you know this ISO heavy Rockets team that lost his defensive edge as well so yeah I have zero faith um, in the Rockets as far as being a contender um, but they'll be a great regular season team mm-hmm. if they always are so no doubt. No players ever averaged more than 32 and a half points and won the title. So, yeah. and that says something. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just uh, a point to that point. Yeah. yeah James, I also do. I, I kind of secretly hope James fails. I don't have some hate and stuff. But, like, bro, I I hate Houston Rockets fans more than Lakers fans at this point. And that's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. But they're just annoying. And they just think that, like, they think because he puts up 38 points per game, like, it's going to bring him success. A or B, they want this MVP award. I don't. Hey, listen, I'm tired of him complaining about MVPs. I'm tired of like, you know, him being considered one of the greatest shooting guards of all time with like Dwayne Wade. Like, yes, he's a top five shooting guard, but like, come on, you gotta, you gotta win. You yeah, gotta win. I, I think, and then James Harden is literally fixated upon his numbers. Like, 
You talk to Jordan. Oh, he's like, you know, he won, he won his buckets, but like, he like, I don't care. Like, I want to win. Like, that's ultimate goal. You talk about Kobe. It's like, yeah, I want the buckets, but I want the, I want the dub too. Dwayne Wade, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put these buckets on your head, but I want the W. James Harden is like, yeah, we lost, but did you see that 60 I put up? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of person he is. Or like, the crap about the MVP. Not about how you got bounced, you know, in the playoffs, but you're still crying about the MVP, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying. Gross. Also, you're drunk if you don't think another player could average 38 points a game if they just wanted to you know, put up the shots. Like, Kevin Durant could definitely get 38 points a game. You put up Easy. that many shots. And that you put Kevin crazy. Durant in that system, he's averaging so, 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably more than yeah. 40, bro. But he's, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you just insert any, like, prolific score and they're averaging 40 in that system. Because the self system is predicated off you creating offense. You get as many shots as you want to get whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? The offense is literally you. So, of course, you're going to have crazy numbers because you are the offense. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, with that, we can go ahead and move into our preview of the Christmas slate. Definitely one of my favorite times of the year, man. This yeah. is like a tradition. Uh, <laughs> so, it kicks off uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. We have the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. This is actually a great matchup. Like, very even teams. I don't know. Is Pascal out? He's been out for that. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come back for this game. He's been out for a minute with that grind in yeah, because they had that crazy comeback against the Mavericks, like the greatest in our franchise history, like 24-point mm-hmm. comeback in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully they had been healthy. But I think it'll still be a good game. Um, two teams who are, like, right below that, like, contender level in the yep. East. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have any thoughts on this one? Nope, almost looking like twin brothers, man. You know, they're mirror images of each other. Uh, young prospects are stepping up uh, who are surrounded by some veteran players. Um, they're a piece of two away from actually being like legitimate contenders. So that's how good the team um, is as constructed. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, dogs on defense, uh, very efficient offenses, uh, two great coaches, um, two good schemes as well. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think they're, you know, like, you know, twin brothers or distant relatives, uh, you know, formatted the same. I think it'll be a good game, but it doesn't really decide much because, like I said, both of them are about a Kawhi Leonard away from, you know, being contender. So. And definitely. And they're actually kind of opposites. Like, Boston's offense is definitely ahead of their defense, and then it's the opposite for Toronto. Like, they definitely go out there and defend, but offense can be spotty at times. Yeah. Also, so, Kyle Lowry is trash. I just want to see. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all think you hate, like, these, like, stocky point guards yeah, or something? Because you hate Bledsoe. I, wow. you know, I, I was rooting for Bledsoe so much. I want him in a Lakers uniform. He's so inconsistent. I'm like, man, bro. I'm like, I root for you. And, you know, you let me down every time. And Lowry's just trash. He gets the Lakers and turn up, though. Like, LeBron's his guy. Yeah. Like, I bet you would be a whole different blessing. That would make me very angry. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was not on the Lakers for so long. Like, I think I was talking. No, I was talking to you. I was talking to Jimmy. <laughs> I was talking to Jimmy about this. Uh, <laughs> um, about us trading, you know, uh, the number two pick. Um, and I think, like, somebody else. Uh, like, D'Angelo Russell for um, Eric Blesso. At the time when he was on the Phoenix Suns, I'm like, that'd be the perfect, you know, compliment of what we need. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, that's before me knowing, you know, LeBron coming and things like that. But, um, you know, the Lakers just need an elite, not even an elite point guard, just a good one. We haven't had a good one in so long. Mm-hmm. So, if we could get someone who's actually good, that would have been great. But that's a, that's a, that's a tangent. So, yeah, yeah, should be a good game. For sure. Well, speaking of that, so the next game, 1.30 p.m., 
ABC. We had the Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, and my household, uh, as some of you may know, Zach, my brother, is a huge Sixers fan. So it'll be a little civil war in here. I can't wait to see us kill them. Also, the Sixers are the team that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of ESPN guys, you know, I'm looking at you, Stephen A. Smith, pick the Sixers to come out of the East because, you know, they're the natural uh, matchup for the Bucks with all their length and size, the Horford and B combo. So I am very excited to see how this wall looks to see if, you know, <laughs> see if Giannis can put up another 50 ball on MB's head. So, I mean, hey. Uh, you looking forward to anything on this sure. one? It's going to be a great game. And, uh, another physical game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fouls. You know, it's going to be a lot of elbows and things like that. The underrated uh, you know, pickup was Robert Lopez. I love his physicality. Uh, love his ferociousness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he matches up well against every center. Um, and then that camaraderie with having his brother, I think it's paid dividends for the chemistry within the Bucks locker room. So, yeah, this is going to be a good physical game, man. Um, it's going to be a lot of stagnating offense on the 76ers there. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like they're going to play with the tenacity and grit that's on the show. Um, you know, uh, you know, a good game. So, excited to see. I think Giannis is off her usual and it's really going to boil down to uh, will the shooters around Giannis kind of be there up. Because if they start, you know, knocking on those shots, uh, it can be a route pretty quick um, because, you know, Philly struggles for offense. So, it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, be a good one. Also, too, I want to see a Ben Simmons guard Giannis because that's literally the key to the wall. Is if you can have someone that's big enough to keep Giannis from just going straight line drives in the rim, and you can have two bigs like collapse and just disrespect Lopez. Lopez is shooting like below thirty percent from three this year. That's how you beat the Bucks. So they have the size. Just Ben Simmons has struggled on Giannis. Yeah, Everyone has been pretty you, ugly. Saying, you gotta be, you gotta be physical with him. You gotta have some players who are not scared to you know um, use up their fouls. So I don't know how important you know Ben Simmons is going to be, but I think Horford needs to keep that form in his back at all times when he's coming down, setting screens. Yeah. You need like elbow. You need to get a little dirty with him, honestly, man. You gotta you gotta do like what Blake Griffin was trying to do to Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Like be on that borderline of like you know physical and dirty. Like you try to get the mental going. That's the only hope you have. It's, it still may not work, but this, this, you got to throw a lot of bodies and get physical. You know, I'll hopefully frustrate Giannis to the point where, you know, he starts settling for long two uh, to kind of penetrate that wall. Definitely, definitely. Uh, next game is a trash game. But, I mean, I see where they were going when they scheduled this. Houston versus Golden State at 4 p.m. Yeah. This is, you know, this is the time to go, you know, take a break. Do whatever you got to do for yeah, the day. Go with your cousins for that walk <laughs> and then come back in refreshed and hungry. Yeah. You know, y'all know what that walk is, man. Y'all not going to go off for that walk, you know. Go to the store, air quotes, when you're with your family. Yeah, go to the store during yeah. this time and come back and eat, eat some more of them food and that leftovers. You know what I'm Yeah, so we went on. We went on waste people's time. <laughs> yeah, uh, LA Clippers, LA Lakers, Woo! Battle of LA. Woo! This is the premier game of the day. I mean, Potential Western Conference Finals preview, which will probably be ruined because the Clippers are all old man. They'll probably see each other in the second round, which is so so trash. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I I know you're looking forward to this. You get to see yeah. your favorite team take on LeBron. Shut so. up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know why do people think I'm a Clippers fan? But anyway, um, I wonder why. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just saying, bro. The Clippers are just a better team than the Lakers right now. I've always been. I've been a Lakers fan since Jordan Clarkson. He has a little Russell on the Lakers, bro. 
Like you, you I'm through and through. Like I've been through all the trash here. So yeah. Since Kobe called Nick Young soft bro, as cotton, where since he, he broke his finger and told him he was faking it. Like that's that's the type. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> what? Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's typical Kobe fashion. You know, so so I was trying to get out of practice, bitch, even with a broken finger. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's going to be good, honestly. You know, this whole game boils down to what mindset is LeBron going to bring to the table. If he's on that super passive, trying to get my teammates involved and this and that, like I don't care, it's just one game out of the regular season, they're going to lose and they're probably going to get blown out. Um, I think Clippers are coming at their neck. They're coming at their neck each time. Pat Bev is coming at their neck. Paul George low-key is coming at their neck. Kawhi doesn't care about basketball or the regular season. Um, you know, he's burst from Tim Duncan, who actually hate basketball, but just play it because, you know, it's provided them millions. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, take bro, it, I'm just saying, bro. He doesn't see Kawhi Leonard dunk. He's never, like, growled or been excited. The only time he's, you know, yelled out was when he hit that last shot. That's because, you know, computer system had an error or something like that. So, yeah, I literally want to hear what that yell sounded like, bro. Like, I will pay great money to figure out what that yell sounded like. Because, bro, like, I could just only imagine. Anyway, <laughs> this game is really going to boil down to, like, is LeBron going to take over and show these people, like, hey, I still got something to tank. And I'll let you know that, you know, set the tone that L.A. is going to come here and be here to stay. You know, when he needs that 30, 10, and 11 type of, not even 30, 30, I need 35, 12, and 9 type of performance where he's on the next of the Clippers from the first quarter. Like, that's going to set the tone for the whole game. How LeBron orchestrates mm-hmm. and how he attacks, things like that. Because when LeBron is playing like that, very few people can stop him, if mm-hmm. any. Probably nobody, even in the 17th year. That's how dominant of a player he is. And if you can get that along with AD, you know, contributing his typical 30 and 10, you're fine. Because you're going to, mm-hmm. if he's attacking the hoop, that means the White House is going to get open uh, lobs. You know, you can get wide open threes. If they can hit them at a, at least like a 32% chip or a 33% chip, you know, I can see us winning that game by like six. Now, on the other hand, uh-huh. if he comes out soft like how <laughs> hey, you did the first game, passive and trying to fill it out and get his teammates involved, no, this is your team and all of that. Kawhi's going to manhandle him, get his mid-range buckets. He's going to get 27. Paul George is going to get 25. Lou Will's going to drop like 19. And Trez is going to have a double-double with like 18 and 12. It's going to be a route. So that's the only way I can see it, man. Lakers play, you know, LeBron comes out and he says, I'm the king of L.A. And wins with like six. Or LeBron plays soft, you know what I'm saying, and passive like he does sometimes. You know, and the Clippers win by like 15 and 17. Definitely. And LeBron has to make Kawhi guard him. If he if they get away with putting like Montrez, Harrow on him or letting Martin. like not, well, letting Montrez switch on him, or letting like Mo Harkless guard him, bro, they're gonna lose badly. Like he has to be so aggressive, they have no choice but to put one of their premier defenders yeah. on. Him. And low key, Kawhi does not want to slide. No one talks about this. Kawhi's lateral quickness is not bro, the same. to the point like he he's he's not playing like the premier players anymore. Like they're hiding Kawhi. Like they're putting him on like PJ Tucker's and like. Uh, who who are you guard? Uh, that one game. I'm like, bro, who was Kawhi? I, mean, I didn't even know the name of this dude, bro. I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, they have the luxury of doing so because they have so many like you know great perimeter you yeah. know, defenders with Harkless, Paul George, and uh Pat Bev. But still, it's like like they do like he's even low managing in games. Like this is crazy. Like this is this is crazy. So you have to attack Kawhi. And you really have to like by like whoever Kawhi is guarding. One, you have to make him run all like all the time. All the time. Hopefully, it's like Danny Green or something. 
um, where he's running all the time. And until you got to attack him, man. You got to attack him. You got to get physical with him, man. Kawhi is one of the strongest people in the league, man. So I've heard Jimmy Butler calls you strong, man. You're a strong person. But no, definitely. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's the only way. This game is really dependent upon LeBron. I don't even care if AD has a monster game with like 50 and 12. They still will lose in LeBron's pack, period. So. Yeah, because yeah, 80s became an empty stat. But when LeBron's balling and AD adds that, that's, cool. that's a scary. That, that's also, too. LeBron is an ancient. KD is a great, you know, I don't know, the tents or the rims or something like that. But LeBron is the engine. And AD cannot be the best player on a championship team. He knows the fact. That's a, that's a high yeah, So I feel it. I feel it. Low-key, the one thing I am scared of for the Lakers fans out there is if the Clippers ever decide to put Kawhi on Anthony Davis and Paul George on LeBron, I feel like that's like a, you know, a finals or a playoff thing that they might try, like a death line, kind of like that. And I low-key think that might be a KO for the Lakers, bro, because Kawhi is strong enough to guard AD, and AD's shot has not been falling. So, I, I mean, really he's not as lethal. hope that Kawhi tries to guard AD. I really... Well, he can do it, bro. On, like, two it. possessions. You try to do that throughout a game, he's getting abused. Why can't he? Abused. Well, because of crashing off his boards? I mean, yeah, that second jump is vicious. First of all, you got to remember that we got another seven-footer probably down there as well. You know, unless they put Kuz out there, it's like a small, to match up with a small lineup, but they probably won't because AD's soft. So, especially in the regular season, like, I don't think the Lakers are going to really play their best lineup because their best lineup, honestly, probably KCP, LeBron James, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, um, and AD. Like, that's, that's your best lineup. You got some shooters to space the floor. Got another shot creator in Kuz. Um, you got AD playing the five. LeBron essentially at the four, and you got KCP out there to guard the one. Like, and then Danny Green's like three and okay. So, like, that's probably your best lineup. And I don't think they're going to unveil that to, like, you know, the playoffs to where they can have their super versatile lineup, uh, where they can mm-hmm. do things like that. But I hope that, you know, Kawhi Chad is a good But listen, listen. But that means that AD and them have to guard back because if you or have Kawhi at the four, no, no, you don't have Trez there. You put Trez oh, out there. Trez at the oh. five. Kawhi at the four, Eat. Paul George at the three, Shammy at the two, Lou Williams at the point. Scooby Snacks. That's why it was lethal. Scoobies. Huh? You got three. He's eleven, bro. Montrez Harrell is six eight, bro. He guarded Giannis. Giannis is like twice as, as aggressive as eighty. True, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel that consistent. Like, Eddie's length, not his physicality, but it's just pure skill. We either have Montrez in foul trouble, or he's just going to get overpowered as far as length. Not overpowered, but like length. It's going to get to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Montrez is sneaky trash indeed. He's been a lot better this year. Yeah. But now, I, he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll give you those Julius <laughs> Rattles type of defensive moments to where, like, you know what I'm saying? You try to back him down and you're not moving. And then you show the ball, he's going to throw it or kick it or swipe it. And he's going to frustrate you with his physicality. You know, same thing Julius Rattles does. But it's not sustainable. You know what I'm saying? It's like, once you start yeah. figuring out what he's doing. He's short arms. Yeah, once you start figuring out what you're doing, you can start hitting him with, like, a few head fakes or this or that. Get him in foul trouble. Once he gets like three or four fouls, then you got Zoo coming off the bench, and we eat, eat off that. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about that death lineup. Bring bring the death lineup. You know what I'm saying? My heavy, my, my man, my trump card is better than that. Like AD will be better than that. You know, LeBron is going to be the master distributor. Uh, we need a more consistent three point maker. Uh, hopefully, Kuz can round us a form or some type of form. Um, pick, God, he's been so spotty. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty pretty bad. He regressed quite a bit. Like it's almost to the point where Vogel should play around with boosting his confidence by putting him in the starting lineup. You have to, you have to. He's he's too important not to. Yeah. And you need to 
at least if he's not that good, you need to up, I mean, up his stock before you trade him. Like you have to get it, you got to find a way to get him more minutes. Like you got to improve his confidence. He needs to be playing with the ball. I'm saying you got to improve his yeah. confidence. The eighty's gonna have to switch to the five, bro. Like that's just that's just what it is. That's it's gonna be our best lineup, honestly. Like I said, man, HCP, yeah. Danny Green, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, eighty. It's gonna be our best lineup, giving you the spacing that you need. Um, decent defense, not elite by any means, um, but also a lot of like offensive versatility. Like that's that's the type of situation you need in your half court. But Vogel is just. Oh, it's not even Vogel. AD being a <laughs> B.I. not wanting to play the five. That's all it is. And why does no one hold him accountable? I, I bro, because they don't want him to leave. These coaches are so bro. It's bro, you know, Rob Palenka and Jimmy Bus will fire Vogel for even sneezing at AD. Come on now, let's, <laughs> let's not be sick. And, and you know, uh, Jason Kidd is waiting in the background with doing a bird man hand rub, waiting for all this to rub. Come <laughs> on, man. Well, that's the worst case scenario for the Lakers. Days and kid will ruin the frame or ruin the season. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this uh, matchup goes. Lakers trying to fight off that four four game losing streak. That's not. Yeah, you know, we don't want that on the record. And quick, quick, quick snap. I mean, uh, shout out, man. I know this is random. This is side boy. Shout out to my brother Kadarius Dotson slash Snap slash Ugly. He just had a beautiful baby girl. She just got delivered. I got oh. the text. Shout out to you, my brother. Peace and blessings to you and Keith. You know what I'm saying? Many years of success, and I'm happy for you, my dog. All right, my brother. I didn't know, were, I didn't know who she was doing. All right, that's now, crazy. Just got, I just got the text, man. He just texted me, man. And she, 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 she looks beautiful and healthy, man. So I'm going to holler at my boy when I get up the pie with him. But big salute to my guy, man. You know, you know, best of luck on fatherhood, man. I know you're going to do great. You and Keith going to be a phenomenal unit. Happy for you, my dude. Man, that's crazy. Well, you'll be able to hit him up soon because the last game of the day is another dud. Uh, Pelicans Nuggets. Uh, uh, what I tell you, so I, <laughs> I said, don't ever mention the Pelicans and the Zion in the lineup. Don't ever. He was supposed to be no, back. Bro, Zion had to eat double cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he looks so big. Bro, he gained more weight, bro. He's not carrying. He's in New Orleans eating crab uh, cakes. And uh, seafood broils, you know what I'm saying? Like gumbo, gumbo, bro. Like jambalaya rice. He had Popeyes every other day. He had four spicy chicken sandwiches today, bro. He's out here living his life. Zion's not coming back this year, man. He's I'm winning the rookie of the year 2023, <laughs> bro. Bro, I, well, I, I talked to Chris about it, and it's one of these things where expecting him to lose weight is easier said than done. Like he was he 19 years old, 85, 19. Never ever been on a diet in his life. Never had to watch what he's had to eat. Now he has a million dollars in his pocket and no supervision. So you know he's eating crazy. Bro, he's eating crazy, stupid, bro. Stupid. Playing video games. Good point. Chilling. Him at two. I mean, him at two sixty is still heavy as hell. So he's two eighty five right now. He's probably pick up more weight. He's probably close to like two ninety. Zion needs to be at like two fifty. Honestly, he needs to be at two fifty. Yeah. But he's not going to get there his first two years. So. And he's gonna lose, like, and you hope you don't lose that elite a- athleticism that's kind of distinctive of his player caliber. Like, that's why I'm always hesitant to like put too much stock into a player who relies so much on the athleticism. Like, his, his yeah. skills are so unrefined outside of his athleticism. I'm like, I'm a Zion fan. Like, I'm rooting for. Him. I want him to do like great things. But like, literally, most of his skills, his tenacity is about him being a freak of nature, having lateral explosion, vertical explosion. Um, that's unique to someone who's only six seven. I mean, that's his official height. 
um, his two, mm-hmm. you know, eighty five. You know, so that's that's really a that's <laughs> a three. He can fringe play the four, um, but he's gonna rely so much on his athleticism, man. You know, God forbid if he has another injury like this, like you know what happened. So, room for the kid, man. But listen, we don't ever want to watch a play like this game, especially on Chris. So, who are they playing against? Yeah. Nuggets. Yeah, that's super boring. Like, Nuggets are boring in general. So, combining that. You think? Yeah, they're, they're boring. They're not as bad as the Jazz. Um, yeah. The Jazz <laughs> is easily the most boring team. Uh, it used to be uh, the Grizzlies, you know, the Mike Conley Grizzlies, the Grit and Grind Grizzlies. So, basically, it's Mike Conley. Oh, chill. The Grit and Grind Grizzlies were the bo- most boring team in the NBA. Uh, followed by the Jazz and then uh, San Antonio, you know, sneaking in there uh, as one of the most snorefest, you know, teams in the league. But, uh, you know, they have single-handedly, you know, taken over that mantle uh, <laughs> with the Pelican list. I don't even know. No, nah, the Warriors are pretty bad, man. I think the Warriors are the worst team to watch uh, in the NBA. But, yeah, except playing in G League. Team. Yeah, they're, they're pretty awful. But, um, yeah, man, I'm going to watch the Pelicans ever. Like, shout out to B.I. though. He's putting on crazy numbers, but they lose. So he will not win that most approved player award that I was hoping he was going to yeah. get. But Devontae Graham, um, uh, looks stupid. Stupid. Um, who else? <laughs> uh, he's looking good. And Pascal, <laughs> he might win it again. Well, he can't win it again, but he will be all story this year, which is dope. Um, he'll be all NBA. He could be all NBA. Yeah, it depends on how many games he missed. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's it's some talent out there, man. It's people out there getting buckets and getting into it, man. But yeah, we don't ever want to watch the Pelicans again. Like last thing oh, we get out oh, of here, oh, Monzo, oh. what happened? Oh, go ahead. That's exactly what I was talking okay, about. Cool. Kendrick Perkins called him a bust on the jump, and like Rachel Nichols is trying to be like, oh, you know, don't say that. And he's like, nah, <laughs> nah, 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 don't do that, Rach. He's a bust, and he went on to you know give his whole spiel. It was very rude in uh in his face, but I mean, I couldn't disagree. He's averaging worse. Numbers he did as a rookie, also starting spot. I mean, yeah, it's so done. Lonzo was super dependent on his defense. That's the thing that kept him on the court. Um, his defense was elite last year. It was really good. He has great anticipation. Um, because his instincts are, are, are crazy. He has crazy instincts. The thing is, his his skills haven't caught up to his instincts. Like he's not as far as instincts. He, he's a very cerebral, great player. Skill set below average. You know. Uh, almost like trash NBA player. Um, can't shoot free throws. <laughs> can't shoot threes. Uh, can't attack the pick. Handle yeah. not that crazy. Now, handle has always been suspect. Can I was just about to say, can't attack a pick and roll. How you need a point guard to be able to do so? The only thing he's able to do is distribute. So really, he's looking at a career trajectory of a right now Rondo, like not peak Rondo, like a right now Rondo. Like that, <laughs> that's what Lonzo looks like. Kind of right yeah, now. Yeah, he Rondo. Like Rondo. His defense is bad. His shot making is streaky. Um, you know, he can't shoot free throws. He doesn't even want to shoot free throws. He's a terrible finisher. Um, and low key scared of contact because he doesn't want to go to the three point line. Like he's let the game get into his head a little bit. I thought uh, the Pelicans mm-hmm. was going to be a good move for him to kind of allow him to get away from the noise and just focus on hooping. So I'm going to give him another year after this year. I hope he settles in. Man, it has a great year. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Lonzo, honestly. But, you know, I've always, like, once he started, with the Lakers, you know, I dissect all the players who ever played, you know, for the Lakers to see their strengths and their weaknesses. And man, man, Lonzo just didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have it. He had that winning factor, but literally, yeah. like 
the offense had to be, you know, schemed around them. Like that's that's why Lonzo looked good because Luke Walton literally had to tailor the offense around him because he was the cash cow mm-hmm. for the Lakers. And the Pelicans, they don't really care. So they're not going to form the offense around you. You got to get in and create. And he's just not, not fitting that system. So, man. I mean, he looks really good with Zion, but I don't care. Like, I can't play you just because you're our best passer to Zion. Like, you got to bring more to the table than that. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, Instincts are crazy, and it's passing this next level. But everything else that you need a point guard to be, he just doesn't do it. Like, maybe he needs to be a shooting guard, but he can't shoot. So it's like, what, like, what do you do with him? He's not a wing, um, not a three and D because he can't shoot. So, <laughs> yeah, he just, yeah. 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 Uh, little bro's coming, bro. You don't want to let your, you know, Lamelo nah, pass you up. Jello, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Jello sells weed, so he's not passing anybody. All right, I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> he definitely sells designer drugs. Long it out, baby. Yeah. Hey, this is <laughs> next level right now, man. Uh, on that note, it's from the League of NBA Pod. Uh, enjoy the Christmas slate. You know, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> sure, man. Like it's in three. For sure, for sure. Bucks, we going for 70. <laughs> All right, bro. All right, bro. Once again, this has been The Lead at NBA Pod. If you like what you heard, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Because we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you help us get the word out. We want to offer all fans a different flair and perspective as they follow this year's NBA season. As always, follow us at The Lead NBA Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes and to engage in the conversation and debates going around the internet. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow with more coverage of the NBA.